last few weeks of John 3 have been excellent. Not because I'm a teacher, but because the Word of God is excellent. And He's revealed some wonderful things to us the last few weeks through His Word. Don't you agree? I can't hardly teach on Wednesday night without Whitney. What am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> John, John chapter 3. Let's just read. There was, you ought, to, you ought to have it memorized by now. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, most Bible scholars think that should be translated of the water and of the or and the, of the water and of the spirit or uh, uh, what am I? Unless a man is born of the water, even of the spirit. Yes, that's, unless he's born of the water, even of the spirit. They're not not two separate things, but an elaboration. Does that make sense? But in a, not it says. King James and New King James, several translated born of the water and of the spirit like it's two different things. The better translation is probably unless a man is born of the water, even of the spirit, he should not see the kingdom of God. And before I even move past that reading scripture, this is not talking about water baptism. That's not what Jesus is talking about. He's not talking, and, and really, a lot of times people teach and preach that it was uh, preaching of a nat- teaching of a natural birth and a spiritual birth. Why that? Mm, mm, that's a little shaky. That's a little shaky. He's actually, what would be better related to it is whenever uh, he writes, by the washing of the water of the word. That would be better. Unless it's born of the water, even of the spirit. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. For that which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind, this is where I want to look at for a little while tonight, verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes. And you do not hear the sound of it, but cannot tell from where it, com- from, from where it comes from or where it goes. So was everyone who was born of the Spirit. Now, is anybody like me that feels that that's always felt like an odd statement in the middle of all this? You must be born again. That which flesh is flesh, water of the spirit, water even of the spirit, what is flesh is flesh, what is spirit is spirit. The wind blows where it pleases. What are you talking about, Jesus? 
<laughs> yeah, y'all remember, y'all remember different strokes? What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> what you talking about, Jesus? The wind blows where it wishes and you hear where the sound of it, but you cannot tell from where it comes to where it goes. So is everyone, especially that statement, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus answered and said, how can these things be? <laughs> and Jesus answered and said to him, are you a teacher of Israel and do not understand or you do not know these things? But I want to see how long we can look tonight. I want to look at that statement after that which are born as flesh is flesh. I still haven't dealt that much with that statement more in Sunday school than I have in here. That's a huge statement. That which are born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Well, let me talk about that just a second anyway. I, I want to I reiterate something about that which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. You need to understand something that Jesus is definitely saying about that, that there is nothing that's of spiritual significance that's ever going to be born out of your flesh. And there's nothing ever fleshy that's going to be born out of your spirit it's impossible flesh never becomes spirit and spirit never becomes flesh goes right along with what we talked about Sunday where every tree every good tree produces good fruit and every bad tree produces bad fruit. And a good tree cannot produce bad fruit. Saint, he's saying the same thing. Whatever spirit is of the spirit is spirit. Whatever is of the flesh is flesh. It'll, <laughs> I could get stuck here. The things of the flesh are non-redeemable. Mm -hmm. huh? It's not redeemable. <laughs> hmm. I see these looks. There's no way to God but by the Spirit of God. And this is why Jesus was saying, you, you've got to become something else. You must be born again. There's no other way to get to him. And there's nothing that's going to come out of, let me say, when it talks about flesh, it is talking about your carnal nature. It is talking about the things out of the human intellect. Does that help you? When it's mind, the human, the human being is three things. We are spirit, soul, and body. Everybody is spirit, soul, and body. And in that order. The spirit of man is the part, is the highest, the higher nature of men. The spirit of man is what communes with God. Let me show you something real, duh. The spirit of man is what deals with spiritual things. That's important. One of the greatest understandings, maybe we may, I'm, do I even get to the wind tonight? Who knows? Because I have learned a long time ago that you tree where you tree. <laughs> if somebody's like, what in the world are you talking about? You tree where you tree. Country people, y'all don't know. 
uh, am I going to have to educate people? <laughs> Y'all know what that means? You turn, if you turn the dogs loose when you're hunting, <laughs> when they find what they're looking for, they tree on it. <laughs> and you tree where you tree. <laughs> the, my, one of the greatest misunderstandings and, and, and really uh, one, that's so fundamental to understanding a lot of things of the Word of God is understanding that, that a human being is spirit, soul, and body. The Bible addresses it. It addresses it separately uh, all throughout the Word. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's a fundamental fact of the human being. We are spirit, soul, and body. The spirit is your higher nature. It's the part of you that deals with God, understands the things of God. That when, when well, when you're not saved, it's, 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 it's what communes with the spirits of this world. I used to, I've, I haven't said it a lot lately, but I, I need to remind you that everything is spiritual. Everything is spiritual. Everything is spiritual. Everything. The, the human condition, the problem of the human condition today is not an economic problem. The news media would have you believe it's an economic problem, flesh. Uh, the, the news media would have you to believe that it is a racial problem or an economic problem or a cultural problem or, you know, if we, if, if, if we, could, just get ever, if, if we could just get everybody with enough money and et cetera, et cetera, you know, it would solve the world's problems. No, that's, it would not because that's not the world's problem. The world's problem is sin, and that is a spiritual problem. So God, it's, it's, your spirit is, well, the Bible says when you get saved, His Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit, bears witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. His spirit builds witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. Your, your, your spirit is your higher nature. Your soul, people use soul in a lot of contexts, but in the, in the biblical context of what a human being is, spirit, soul, and body, your, spirit, your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. Your mind, will, and emotions. We are, that's why we walk by faith and not by sight. Your lower nature is your, your soul. Yet when you make soulless decisions, that's not a good idea. You are guided and, and driven by, have you ever known anybody? You do know people, but it may even be you. I'll answer, I'll answer the rhetorical question. Have you ever known anybody that was driven by their emotions? Have you ever known uh, this is uh, rhetorical, but uh, have you the, of those people that you've known that are driven by their emotions? Have you ever known them, any of those people that are driven by their emotions to be extremely stable people? Fair question. There's a reason for that. There's a reason why. People that are driven by their, by their emotions, if you will, what they can say, and or their, uh, even sometimes it's emotions, sometimes it's just their senses, what they can see, smell, taste, touch, and hear. It's not a stable position because those things are not anchored in anything. 
If I if I'm driven by my see, smell, taste, touch, and hear, or how I feel, I would probably starve to death and not and not be able to keep vehicles and everything else. Why do you say that? Because I don't always feel like going to work. Anybody always feel like going to work? But I can tell you, in all the years I worked at Dillard's before I was a pastor, I could count on one hand how many days I missed to work in all those years. Now, not because I felt like it every day. If you got, if you got COVID, stay home, please. But <laughs> if, you, if you're not contagious, you, you, you know, I, I, never, I never had the luxury of being able to stay home every time I didn't feel like it or I didn't feel a little bit good. Something called, well, there was something in me called a work ethic, uh, but there was also something in me that got used to eating. Oh, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. Now, I've known plenty of people that were driven the other way and did live by those things, and they were in problems all the time. Now, this is important. This is all important. You've got to understand what these things are. Because, and I'll go ahead and give you something. It's not new. It's something I've told you before. Here's what you've you got to learn as a believer. It's one of the most important things you're going to learn as a believer. If you are, if you are, if you are a born-again child of the living God, this is something you've got to learn is that what you see, smell, taste, touch, hear, what you think, what you feel, any of those things are never greater than what God has said. The day that registers in you, whoever the you happens to be, is the day that will change your life. That's not, that's not religious jargon. That's not, that's not rhetoric. That is, that, is, that is literally what this is about. You've got, when the Word of God becomes preeminent in your life, it's not just my guidebook, Jeff. That's a, guidebook's a good thing. It's a, it's a guide. It's a lamp into my feet, light into my path. It certainly is. It's all of those things. But it's not just that. It is the anchor of my soul. It is the answer to every question. The solution to every problem. This is the kind of preaching that people just look at you with. It's the kind of preaching when it flips, when you learn it, it's not rhetoric. It's not rhetoric. It's not cliche. Uh, people learn, people use the word of God like it's cliche. It's not cliche. It's the truth. It's the not, and it's not a truth. It's the truth. And you know what? It's truth, and it's the truth when I don't like what it says. It's just as, it's just as true when I wanna, when I, when it hits me and I want to cry, laugh, and shout, as it is when I read it and think I don't like that, and I don't understand it, and I wish it, 
It's just as true in both circumstances. And it's meant to be obeyed in both circumstances. It, the word of God is paramount to the life of a believer. In fact, it's required. To believe the word of God is not a suggestion. It's required. The, the only place anything that's going to be born of the Spirit is from the Holy Spirit and through His Word. It's the only place it's going to come from. You can give mental assent to a lot of things. It will not change your life. It's whatever, it's whatever the, the life-giving, convicting power of the Holy Spirit comes into your life. And it's, not, it's a supernatural occasion. I'm about to hit the wind blows where it pleases and I'm realizing it. It is a supernatural occasion when the, Holy, when the convicting power of the Holy Spirit comes through his word. And that is when he comes. It's by the foolishness of preaching, the Bible says, that men are saved. Romans chapter 10 says, how shall they believe in whom they not heard? And how shall they hear if they have not been sent? And how, shall, and how will they hear without a preacher? Got beautiful feet. Anybody that preaches the Word of God has got beautiful feet. Did you know that? Now, even if you hadn't had a pedicure. You know why it says, How beautiful are the feet upon the mountains, that those who come bearing the Word of God. Now, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Somebody say it again. Now, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The, what comes first? The Word of God comes. And when the Word of God comes and you hear it, that's not that your ears hear it, that, you're, that, that you receive it. But that when Jesus said to the churches of Revelation, every time he spoke to the churches of Revelation, he said one thing to every one of them. There's one thing he said to every single church. He said, let those who have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of God would say to the churches. When faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. When the Word of God comes and is illuminated by the Holy Spirit and it becomes truth in the life of a believer, then a supernatural thing happens. This is what it means to be born of the Spirit. Why is it born of the Spirit? He didn't say it's born of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one that paid the way to do it. Hello? Paul's letter to the Romans tells you this, that it's the Spirit of God that baptizes you into Christ. It's the Spirit of God that baptizes you into Christ. Those that are born of the Spirit. He says they must, uh, you must be born again. That, he said you must be born of the water and of the flesh, or, or the water and of the Spirit. The water, even, uh, even the Spirit. You're born of the Spirit through the, through the power, of, it's the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. You must be born again. What is the convicting power of the Holy Ghost? Many of you know that, or the Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call it. What is the convicting power of the Holy Spirit? The convicting, convicting is a legal term. You everybody know about a conviction? Had a man come down to the altar one time, the old preacher talked about to come down. He said, preacher, will you pray for my hearing? I've told you that before. And he says, I will. He laid hands on him and, and prayed over him about his hearing. A week later, he said, How, how's your hearing? He said, I don't know. I hadn't been to court yet. 
Ya? <laughs> what happens when you go to a court? Uh, uh, Y'all watch Law and Order, if you've never been there, or something. You, you've watched one of them shows. People's Court or Judge Judy or somebody. <laughs> you've watched one of them. And you know, not court. <laughs> and what, said, so you know, they, they, what happens? You come to the, and the prosecution puts on their case. Yes? And, and the judge or the jury or both hear the evidence. And they go take the evidence and decide based on the evidence whether you're guilty or not guilty or whether they've proven their case. Yes? And if they've proven their case, whatever, they, 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 they find you guilty, and that is called a conviction. You ever been convicted of a crime? That's rhetorical. Do not answer it. <laughs> what, what, what happens when the Holy Spirit comes into, into your life? When you've heard the truth of God's Word, what happens is, is the Holy Spirit presents you with the evidence. Because you know what? He's got it all. He knows it all. And see, it's not that the, that the preacher read your mail or grandma wrote the preacher or anything else. The preacher might not even talk about what was going on in your life. I was in a service one time where it was a mission service and all it was talking about was, was missions, what they were, uh, what we're doing in Ghana and it was a mission service that was it and you know what that morning six people got saved under the convicting power of the Holy Ghost it had nothing to do with the salvation message or anything else the word went out faith came conviction came and what happens when the Spirit of God brings conviction when you're born of the Spirit is the Spirit of God comes to you with the evidence of your life you know, there's no, there's no plea bargaining, there's no slick lawyering, there's no arguing back and forth. When the Spirit of God comes and lays it out to you, you know that you are guilty and you need, and you have, that is called conviction. You know why? Because He brought the evidence to you and you know that you're guilty and you are convicted by the power of the Holy Ghost. And when you're convicted by, it is the most graceful and merciful thing that the living God could ever do for a person is send his spirit to convict you of your sin because you must be born again and when the holy you can't get saved because you prayed a prayer or or that grandma used to go to church or that you were born in america or that you went to an assembly of god church or any other church that's not what saves you that's not what born again is born again is when the spirit tell, deals with your heart and you know that it's all true and you know that you are guilty and you know that you are lost and you're in need of God and you're in need of a Savior and then when that happens your spirit has been opened by the Spirit and then He can work with you and then you can repent and turn from your sin ask God to forgive you and voila you're a born again you are, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus it didn't happen because you signed the church row it didn't happen because you were a tither it didn't happen because you do good things it doesn't happen because 
because you go to a good church or that you like the music and hate the preacher. None of that stuff. That's not why it happened. Or even when you like the preacher. It happens when the Word of God is opened by the Spirit to your heart and you know and then you have the opportunity to be a born again, to be born something else fresh and new and the Spirit of God baptizes you into Christ. It has nothing to do with water. It has everything to do with the washing of the water of the Word. How can this be? He said, the wind blows where he pleases. He said, you don't see from where it comes to where it goes. The scholarship agrees that what was happening in this situation was as he was talking that the wind began to blow and rumble, the natural wind. And on the occasion, a hard wind, they said, he said, the wind, can you picture it? Nicodemus is asking the question, and the wind begins to blow with noise. And he says, the wind blows however it wants to. And you don't, he said, it's a mystery. You, you don't know how, where it came from or where it's going to. Have any of you ever found the origin of the wind? No. Anybody? I mean, the weatherman can explain how a front comes together, but can he explain how that front, can he explain where that wind started beginning to take the front? No, you don't know where it comes from and where it's headed, but you can feel it. You can sense it. When it gets, when it gets destructive, you can see its force and its power. You, it can move. How many in South Texas knows that it can move stuff, blow stuff down? Yeah. He says, you, he says, so it is with everyone who is born in the Spirit. You know what he started? He's beginning to, he's trying to get you to see. Because it was, he says the pneuma, and I, I looked that up because pneuma is used a lot of the Spirit. But in this particular interest, it is talking about the forced breath. <gasps> he's comparing, uh, hear what it says. He says, when the wind blows, you don't see where it comes. He said, but you hear but you, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it. I looked this up today, Jeff, never heard it in my life. Started reading this and stuff. This is, this is, you know how good this is. He's talking about the Spirit of God. When the Spirit of God begins to blow. When the, when the pneuma, that was the same thing that put breath in your lungs. How many times do you ever hear me going back to Genesis where he says God formed man out of the dust of the earth? You were just a dirt bag. Without the breath of God. Literally. That God formed man out of the dust of the earth. He breathed into his nostrils the pneuma. (sighs) He's demonstrating that right now. And man became a living soul. He tells you if I withdrew my breath and my spirit, all flesh would die together. And he's saying, he's talking about the spirit of man, not flesh is flesh, but spirit is spirit. One can't be the other. The wind blows where it wants to. He says, you don't know where it comes. He said, but you hear the sound of it. And let me hear what he's talking. You know what he's saying? Literally, I'll have to let him get done so y'all can hear me. That boy's going to lead the country. Right now he's leaving the country. 
<laughs> he hadn't had nothing to say all day. <laughs> when the Spirit of God comes, you know I, I've been there. Let me talk to you about that. So I said when the Spirit of God comes, you know, sometimes you don't even, you, you know when you got saved, you didn't even see it coming. Do you remember? Do you remember? I mean, did he warn you the day before? Uh-uh. And now, did you plan it? Now, I've seen white-knuckling people. <laughs> hanging on to, because it come out. I've seen people that they come in, they didn't, they've never been in anything. They've been to church, but they ain't never been to church. And something happened to them they never been in their life. Grown men that begin, that begin to break. Tough guys, hardened hearts, men and women, hateful, hard as a rock, calloused and cold. And then one day, you know, I've seen, I could tell people stories, so I gotta be careful sometimes because sometimes they watch them. And sometimes that's okay and sometimes I hadn't talked to them. But I've seen people that have come and sat beside their wife for 10 years, 20 years, and more, hard as a rock. And one day, not even a good service. You know, we have our ideas of what good services are. Do you know? We have our ideas about good, what good services are. I've seen it when, it when it was dry and dead as 3 o'clock in the morning, where there was more life in the embalming room at Roller Funeral Home. And on that day, because you just can't see where, where he's coming to where he's going, he says, but you hear the sound of it. And he's talking about when, when the breath of God begins to move, when the Spirit of God comes into your situation and you hear his voice. He says, you, you don't know where it comes, you don't know where it's going, but you hear the sound of it. He's speaking about the Holy Spirit. You don't know, I, I've seen it too many times when, when it didn't seem anything was going. I've seen it in a white hot service where it was, where it was, where the, just, pan, just pandemonium and people running and getting saved. I've seen it where it was, where I thought if this doesn't get over with, I've, I've slept better in the last 20 minutes than I have the last three weeks. And the, and, the, and the wind blow into somebody's heart and they heard his voice and he broke. Said you don't see where it comes from, to where it goes, but you hear his voice. It says, so is it with you that are born. So is everyone who was born of the Spirit. You didn't, let me say that, you didn't even see him coming. And when he was on his way out, you didn't see where he went. But you heard him on the way by. I think it's really funny. I don't think it's not funny as in ha-ha, funny as in listen to this. It says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Suddenly. What was happening? The Holy Spirit was falling on the day of Pentecost in a way that it had never done before. I don't find it any coincidence that Jesus said, the wind blows where it pleases. You don't see where it comes, where it goes. They're up there. How many days are they there at this point? Ten days. Started out with about 500 people, if I recollect. 
They were down to about 20, 120 that got, didn't get bored and leave. Well, that service drug on a long time. Ten days. Went from 500 to 120. I don't, I don't, I'm still impressed that 120 were there. But it says, you know what it says? And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were on one place, one mind, one accord. And it says, and suddenly. You know what? They didn't see it coming. They don't know where it came from. But the Bible says, though, it says suddenly there came a sound. What does Jesus say? You don't know where the wind comes. He said, you hear the sound thereof. He said, you don't know where it comes or where it goes, but you hear the sound. It says, and the day of Pentecost is fully come. They were all in one place, one cord. It says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. You know what it did? It filled the whole house where they were sitting. It filled the whole house. It says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues, and the Spirit gave them utterance. Mm-mm, you make me want to preach about Sunday night again, because I need to give somebody a little info. Can, you, can y'all just handle a little info drop right now? <laughs> okay, just, just a little info drop. Romans chapter 6 says that Jesus baptizes, or that the Holy Spirit baptizes you into Christ. Who baptizes you into Christ? That's salvation, that's regeneration. You understand that? When you're baptized into Christ, Romans 6 is not water baptism, Romans 6 is salvation. Romans 6 and 7. It says the Holy Spirit baptizes you into Christ. Regeneration. Then it said of Jesus, he said, talking about, was it John the Baptist that talked about it? He said, there's one coming after me, preferred before me. He said, one that's greater than me. He said, I'm not worthy to even untie his shoes. He says, I baptize you in water under repentance. He said, but he, he said, but he, he says, he, there's another second, he said, but he, who's he? Jesus shall baptize you in the Holy Ghost not many days from now. Uh, Did that go right over the top of everybody's head? Because there's an argument in the church world all over the world, a denominational argument, a religious argument, a theological argument, and the word is as clear as the date on your calendar. As surely as it's September, the word is clear that the Holy Spirit is who baptizes you into Christ and you're regenerated, you're born again. It says, but Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. Hmm. That was just a tidbit. That was just the thing. And I heard three people do it. You know what you did? You said, hmm. Hmm. They can't be and they ain't be the same thing. They can't be and they ain't be the same thing. 
Because the Holy Spirit baptizes you into Christ. Clearly regeneration. And Jesus baptizes in the Holy Spirit. And it's always subsequent to and separate from. Every time. Every time. Acts 19. Paul passes through the upper coast of Ephesus. And he comes up on a guy looking at, and he says, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? You say, well, my Bible says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Yep, because your Bible was translated by people with a prejudice. They all are. Every one of them are. Now, it's human beings are involved in translation. Your Bible, when it says when, were you, were you baptized with the Holy Spirit when you believed? That was a, but let me tell you what the, what the Greek says. And guess what? They all agree. Every theologian agrees what the Greek says. It's hard to argue with what the meaning of is is. Some of y'all old enough know what that means. Even if, <laughs> You know what it literally says? Acts 19 2. Having already believed, have you received? He was talking about the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit involved in your life when you got saved? Absolutely. Can't get saved without Him. Holy Spirit, is He what, is he what comes and changes you? Is it? Absolutely. Can't change without Him. Absolutely. Is that, what, is that what gets you to heaven? Absolutely. Is that what makes you a new creation? Absolutely. That's not what the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise of the Father is about. The promise of the Father is not to change your wardrobe. Good chance. Not to, it's not to address your haircut. It's not to address your makeup. It's not to address the length of your skirt, although when he's in you, you'll cover it up. (laughs) Men's will too. Some of y'all, I've told y'all that before. They say, people say, I'm Pentecostal. When people, when they say you're Pentecostal, they think that means, you know, that, that that thinks they, that gems up pictures of how you dress and all that. That's not what Pentecost is. Pentecost is not a dress code. Pentecost is not a denomination. Pentecost is a, is a biblical experience for every believer. And they say, well, Pentecostal, y'all don't like Pentecostal. Y'all people, your church believe in wearing, wearing makeup? I said, we don't just believe in it, we encourage it. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Matt, don't get me, don't make me say that. I said, the older the barn, the more pain it needs. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that was wrong. That was wrong. That wasn't scriptural, spiritual. That was flesh. Just so you know, that was flesh. Just so you know, that was flesh. That was wrong. That was wrong. It was just wrong. But it was, <laughs> Matt said, it was funny, Flesh. <laughs> hmm. 
<laughs> now, I better say something in this day and age that's not applied to men. <laughs> I better stick with John 3. Some people, they wonder why they come back, and some people, that's why they come back. <laughs> it's hard to say sometimes which one you're going to get. <laughs> the wind blows where it pleases. I hate to go all the way to John 14 since we're teaching John, but you know what? John 14 is so far away. We've been in John 3 for three months. <laughs> John 14 is so far away you won't remember it. Let's look at what John 14 says real quick. Because you know what you've got to do? You've got to address the work of the Holy Spirit when you address John chapter 3. Hello? How in the world are you going to understand what, what's flesh is flesh, what's spirit is spirit? You've got to be born of the water, of the, even of the spirit, if you, don't, if you don't talk about the working of the, and, the, and the attributes and the, and the office of the Holy Spirit. What, what, how are you going to learn what that means? The most forgotten... Well, the Holy Spirit is, treat, is treated like a stepchild, a thing, an it. The Holy Spirit's not an it or a thing, and he's not a tongue, a language, and he's not weird. Let me tell you about weird. The Holy Spirit's not weird, people are. Seen lots of stuff blamed on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit didn't do that. You did. Holy Spirit's not weird. He's, he's God. He's not an it. He's God. He's not a thing. He's God. He's not a language. He's God. He's not, he's not a manifestation. He's God. He's not a gift. He's God. He is the God that is in Genesis chapter 1 that says, In the beginning God made the heavens and the, created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and, and void. It says, And His Spirit hovered over the face of the deep. Right. It, was, it was the Holy Spirit when He said, Let there be that did. He's God. He's, he's not... He's not Secondary God, he's not step God, he's God. He's the power according, when Paul says, according to the power that works in us. He's the power that works in us. The Holy, the Holy Spirit convicted me of my sin and brought me to a place where I could be born again and put me into Christ. Into Christ is a position, do you know that? Read Paul's writing, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in whom, in him. It, it's a position. Well, what does that mean to be in Christ? I wonder, what's it mean to be in your t-shirt? What's it mean for your shoe to be in your foot, or your foot to be in your shoe? What's it mean to be in the bathtub or in the shower? I'm in Christ. If a man is in Christ... He's a new creation. He that knew no sin became sin that I might become the righteousness of God in Christ. (laughs) 
The Holy Spirit's who gets you there. Can't be born again without him. But the Holy Spirit is God, and he's the power of God in action. And here's what he's for in your life. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem. By the way, who's speaking? You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now read John 14. There's something you need to see. John 14. When are you going to stop preaching about this Holy Spirit stuff? Never. Ever. Let's read 14 and 12 and read from there. First of all, 14 and 1, I'll just tell you real quick. Don't, you can look, but 14 and 1 starts, telling you, starts, starts out by Jesus telling you that I'm going to go away. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I'd have told you. He says, I go to prepare a place for you that where I, if I go away... I will, if I I go away and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. That's the start of the chapter. Hey, I'm going, I'm about to leave. Then down in 12, it says, Most assuredly I say to you, who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father, because I'm going away. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, and the Father, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. And listen, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father. How I many loves that Jesus prays the Father? He says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. King, New King James says, King James says, comforter. Now, can I ask you a question? This is Wednesday night. I do this on Wednesday night. So what, what's the key word in that sentence? I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper, comforter. That he, oh, it doesn't say it. It doesn't say it. It says that he It doesn't say that, it, or anything. It says, I will pray the Father, and he, who? The Father, will give you, who's you? You. Another, well, who's another? Another helper, another comforter. Who's another? Another. Besides me, Jesus is saying, another. And you go look at it, go look it up. You know, you should study. 
You know what he means? Literally. What he literally means. He says, I'm going to go away to my father, and he's going to send you one just like me. Just like me. Just like me. You know why? They're, they're absolutely unified. They're, they're absolutely unified. That's why Jesus says, me and my father are number one. The kingdom of God can't stand. We're absolutely unified. I'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth. He tells you who it is. Who is it? The spirit of truth. Who's the spirit of truth? I didn't say what. I said who? The Holy Spirit. The spirit of truth. This is what I want you to see. Whom the world cannot receive. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. Oh, somebody ought to catch hold of that. Somebody ought to get it. Somebody's brains, your wheels ought to be turning. They ought to be smoking right now. He said, he said to Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again. What is flesh is flesh. What is spirit is spirit. He said, don't marvel that I said you must be born again. He said, the wind blows where it pleases. You can't see where it comes or where it goes. You can't see it. You can't see what it's doing. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you. Now hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Slow down. Slow down and quit reading this thing like you're, like you're trying to read Gone with the Wind overnight. <laughs> Slow down. Who's talking? Jesus. What's he saying? I'm going away. And because I'm going, he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And because I'm going away, he said, greater works than these are you going to do because I go away. What he said. And he says, when I go away, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm not going to leave you on your own. He said, I'm going to send one just like me, spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees them nor knows him. Now, think a second. It's not hard to see. You don't have to twist the scriptures to see it. Because he didn't mean for it to be twisted and hard to see. He meant for it to be plain as the nose on your face. He says, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Because it neither sees him nor does it know him. But you know him. Who's he talking to? Who's he talking to? He's talking to the believer. You know how I know he's talking to the believer? Because he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Who's he? The unbeliever's not getting in there. The unbeliever's not going to do exploits for him. The unbeliever can't receive the Holy Spirit. It says, whom the world cannot receive. But you know him. Because he's with you. How did they become believers? By him. He's already told you that. 
He's already told you how you become. He already told you you got to be born again. Who did it? He did. Now he's saying, the world can't receive him. Because they don't even know who he is. Don't know anything about him. Don't know him. But you know him. <laughs> how do you know him? Because you're in him. You know what he says about the Holy Spirit? No. See, you are in Christ. When you're born again, when you're born again, when you're born again, when the Holy Spirit baptizes you into Christ, he puts you into Christ. You know what Christ does? Puts the Holy Spirit in you. Not the same. Not the same. Somebody ought to be getting hold of that instead of me looking at me like a calf looking at a new gate. Well, I got to ask a question. Are you just looking at me because, A, you already believe that and you're all in? B, you don't believe that and you're never going to believe that. Even though that's what the scripture clearly says. Or do you, well, that's all good, but not for me. That's one of the three. The spirit of the truth whom the world cannot receive. Well, let's talk about the world. For God so loved the world. They gave his only begotten son. We're back in John chapter 3, as you know, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish. Who's that? The world. When he's, what's he addressing when he addresses the world? The people. The individuals, the people in the world. And when you're in the world, you're not in him. Because I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. That's right. That's right. Oh. Are you, are you thinking real hard and I'm outrunning you? Or are you thinking, oh. Oh. Because if I'm in the world, I'm not in him. There's nowhere in the, there's nowhere in the word of God when, the, when, when, the world, when, when, you're, when he talks about the world that he's talking about the believer. He's talking about the lost. And then when you become a believer, he says, he, he says you're in this world as in your present here, but you're not of this world. You're not of the world system. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. It didn't say the it, but you know him, for he dwells with you, dwells with you, and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. <laughs> Where am I? I will come to you. While longer, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live, and you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you, oh, where are you? Because y'all thought, thought I was crazy again. Y'all thought, you're just making that up. The end, Christ. It's a position. What do you mean? Like my, shoe, my, my, my foot's in my shoe. That ain't what that means, J.R. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you.
Then he goes and starts saying radical stuff that we don't even want to talk about. Because to believe the rest of it, you just have to, I mean, it's radical. He's talk, he gets to talking about, he gets to talking about the people that are in Christ and the spirits in them, you know, that are new creations, born again. He goes and says crazy stuff. He says, who, who has my commandment keeps them and he who loves me. And he who loves me will, will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself in him. He goes talking about crazy stuff, that if you're in him and you love him and the Spirit's in you, that you'll live for him and that you'll obey him. You'll, go by, you'll live by his word. You'll be changed. You'll be something else. That's crazy because we're supposed to just pray prayers and go to church and throw a tip to the offering bag and we're going to heaven. Not according to this book. It's a complete change of who you are. And it's supernatural. John chapter 3. And after Jesus said all this, Nicodemus said it again. How can these things be? And maybe that's where some of us are. How can these things be? Jesus is talking to a teacher. He says, you, you, how, how are you even a teacher if you don't know these things? If I told you simple earthly things, you'd have believed that. But if you can't believe earthly things, how can you believe heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who has came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, which was the week before last, and I told you, and that's why we keep coming back, as we keep coming to lift him up. We keep coming to lift him up, because when we lift him up, he draws men to him. And at 819, JR is doing something crazy and radical and closing his Bible. And Brandon's coming to play. And they're like, what in the world's going on? You ain't out yet. I think before I have closing things, I, I would even ask you, I hadn't done this in a good while on a Wednesday night, but I'm going to tonight real quickly. Does anybody have comment or question? Right, or a leopard changes spots. He said no. He's answering what you must be born again. He must be. 700 years prior, I don't know if you hear the prophet said, can, a, can an Ethiopian change his skin? Of course, they'd have canceled him for saying that now because that would be racial. Uh, can, a, can an Ethiopian change his skin? Or can a leopard change his spots? He said, no. No, it's a supernatural. He's talking about 
being something new, something born again. He's talking about a supernatural transformation. The, the gospel is supernatural. 